Whether the lonely intro <laughs> We're would a show travel. without an intro sound as sweet? <laughs> you ever get an answer to that? Yeah. Uh, he goes on and he's like, yeah, it would be. It's great. <laughs> right? I can't remember. I think so. I, think I, so. I played Romeo and I don't remember. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think like the consensus an is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> Call it whatever you want. Otherwise, we got a problem with this Capulet. Um, here's something else that's it's all the same. Uh, bacon strips. I think dogs do know it's not bacon. Bacon strips? No, ba- bacon strips, although you've seen the clever uh, uh, marketing. Oh, they're bacon strips? Bacon strips. Okay. Dogs don't know it's not bacon. Okay, all right. I don't even right. know if they make them anymore. It's probably found like... Uh, sodium or trans plastic i'm, I'm or sure that they yeah you're right they of course they know they're not bacon yeah especially if they've had actual bacon but they're like eh, just keep eating it. It's, it's, <laughs> i don't know how a dog shrugs it's got four four shoulders yeah how does a dog shrug do you just, <laughs> just like dips do his you, body down do you like like <laughs> like he's a low rider <laughs> <laughs> i like that visual Do- <laughs> dogs to be able to shrug dogs would have to um be able to be casual and casual is not something that a dog mm, can do really well because no. uh, we bred casualness out of them i bet a wolf could shrug sure sure a shrugging wolf the wolf's just out there i'm the alpha shrug whatever it's cool to be the beta it's fine that whole alpha thing is not we've been using that as like pop science for like 50 years and it's not is that, that not really a thing no Oh. Or at least we haven't, we don't know. Somebody posted a thing once. Some one guy studied it like a group of wolves and it was like, oh, that's how they do it. It's, all, it's, it's an alpha dog. And now there, that's like. There was one ingrained... group of wolves? Okay. All right. Look, it's science. Okay. But okay. you've let's just say that you've accepted that that is a thing. Knowing nothing else about it. True. So now I'm saying it's not a thing. Okay. And my only proof is refuting the thing that, the only thing that you know. So. <laughs> And you know me personally, and you trust me. I do. And this is how fake news starts. <laughs> um, speaking of fake news, Whoa. we're just speaking of world events. Mm. Um, I'm still uncomfortable uh, continuing uh, under the not quarantine anymore. Under the not quarantine anymore? It's not a quarantine. You can go places. There's a drive through yeah. restaurant that has been closed for like 18 months. It mysteriously closed. Nobody knows why, really. And now okay. it's open again. Really? It's in St. Louis Park. Really? Yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> what what kind of drive through You dine like in your car, food? right? No, no. It's a, you know, it's a drive-in. Did I say drive-in? I said diner. Drive-in. Like, like, like a like uh, A&W Root Beer or Sonics? Yes. But it's its own thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And sure. the thing about that is you can roller skate in the summer, ice skate in the winter. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know about ice skating on pavement. That's the best part. Well, you just leave it really icy. People sliding in in and out of your... uh, You can only go to this place if you have a chain on your tires. Right, right, right. Uh, And uh, the skaters... Well, I guess if you roller skate, you have to know how to stop, too, huh? The the ice skaters (laughs) have to know how to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Maybe they get cross-country ski to your car. I don't know how it works. It's not my business. Um, all right. Well, anyway, we're back to talk about movies, classic and modern, for 
your quarantainment, I guess. Question we'll to update mark. that if we continue yeah. this. Uh, title's a problem, too, but we'll see. You know what? COVID's got a second wave. Maybe this could be the second wave of our show. I mean, we are doing one Ooh. just like 72 hours, not even 72 hours after we did the last I one. I know. It's a little, a little soon. Huh? Yeah. It's the second we wave. It, we did it a little fast. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah, everybody did a little fast, you know, restricted or uh, loosened restrictions a little fast. Yeah. Uh, went back to the beach a little fast. Mm-hmm. Took their masks off a little fast. Yeah. And here are the movies for this week. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with my pick. My pick was a 1988 film called Action Jackson mm-hmm. starring Carl Weathers. Yes. And this is this movie like it did OK, right? Um, I think so. I'm pretty sure I heard of it before we watched this. Cause I'm pretty sure I heard I've heard of Action Jackson before. So I'm probably I'm asking super familiar. I'm definitely asking the wrong person. But the point is, is that I feel like this was um, Carl Weathers' audition to be a lead, and mm. uh, the answer was maybe no. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. It actually I did. It made 20 million on a budget of seven million. Uh, it was directed by Craig R. Baxley who is a guy you never heard of, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, he definitely made... This was his first film. Okay. Uh, he was like a second unit director um, and worked on a lot of other big films, and so okay. he's going off on his own, and he made a lot of films that are like Action Jackson, um, kind of cheesy B-movie um, 90s and early... Or uh, 80s and early 90s uh, cheesy B-movies. Sure. Whew, got it out. So... Um, this um he directed i come in peace which this is not a cheesy <laughs> action movie show but would be on the list uh-huh. uh stone cold starring um brian bosworth uh okay. is another one and he directed sniper two. Oh, i'm sorry that's not sniper one <laughs> sniper one's got billy zane in it Oh my gosh! Yeah. Billy speaking zane. of speaking Listen of 90s Billy movie action stars, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and it stars Carl Weathers, as we said, and a lot of other people. But mm-hmm. first, tell us what happens in Action Jackson, because I want to know. <laughs> don't we all? Um, yeah, because I just saw it, and I don't, I don't know what happened. So. Action Jackson is a uh, action Jericho Jackson. Action Jericho Jackson. Uh, action is his, his nickname, of course. Action uh, is his middle name. Uh, well, I, I'm going to look and see if that's on the poster. I, uh, uh, Somewhere and, it is. Anyways, um, he he is a cop in Detroit, and um, we learn very early on in the movie that he so he's uh, currently a sergeant, but he was demoted because he didn't handle this uh, case, this one case really well. That was um, a, this kid who um, well, I don't know how how young he was. Anyway, there there's this kid who was a a sexual predator of sorts. They didn't go into details. That's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is the son of this really wealthy uh, car maker. Um, and the car maker's name, wow, I can't remember his name right now. Delano. Sure. What? Della Plain. Della Plain. It's like Deplane, but um, it's Della Plain. And um, played by Coach, who I can't remember his name right now either, so I'm doing really great. Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Who's got mad MMA skills. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, at the very beginning of the movie, I guess I skipped ahead a little bit, um, 
people are getting killed uh mysterious but and there's these mysterious men who are killing them and we don't really know what's going on and as the movie develops um uh jackson hears from from this guy that uh uh by robert davi yeah that uh god i already forgot his name Delaplane, Delaplane um, is behind it, and so he um, starts digging deeper, and of course he gets in kind of over his head, and he, and he's killed by Delaplane. Okay, now we don't have to talk about him anymore. It's well, the, the the actor was killed by Delaplane. I I was saying that Jackson was investigating it uh-huh. and got yeah, in over. But oh. we can move past. We can get out of the first act. Let's try that. Go. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. I uh, guess I should have stopped you early and not at the end of your long journey through the first act. I was just saying Jackson gets in over Let's his head. Let's swap for one episode. Action Jackson is a disgraced police officer. He busted the son of industrialist and car maker, blah, blah, Deplane, And he's been busted from lieutenant to sergeant. And he gets mixed up in a plot by Deplane to kill off and replace the members of the union, the union leads, in order to, I don't know, make it more, make it better for him to make his cars. And then near the end of the thing, he talks about how, you know, a peanut farmer was elected to president. And Jackson's like, oh, so we got to have President Deplane? He's like, no, that's not what I want. What do you want? <laughs> he likes power, but that's so nonspecific. Uh, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Jackson uh, t- goes to his house where they're going to kill the head of the union. He stops that from happening, kills him, and the end. See? Okay. I can't wait for you to talk about your movie. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> this movie uh, stars a lot of people. So this is kind of like an independent movie. Okay. It was uh, made by um, Lorimar Pictures, I think, and it was later bought by uh, Warner Brothers. But at this time, it's an untested director. It's not a big studio. Mm-hmm. Somebody just got a wild hair up their ass and was like, yeah, here's $7 million. Mm-hmm. Make the guy from Predator a star. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it worked. I mean, I love Carl Weathers. I love Carl I Weathers, love, too. And he's good in everything he does, but, and he's great in this. He is. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how far uh, he got off of that. I wanted to mention real quick that the theme song of the film, um, you, you, you gotta have it and give it to me or something like that. Cameron mm-hmm. was called. Uh, is by the Pointer Sisters. Okay. And I wanted to point out um, the recent death of uh, Bonnie Pointer. Okay. Who right. actually left the group like in the seventies? So I mean that she didn't. She did, she wasn't part of this song. That's not a very good song. <laughs> all right, fair. But, but yeah, all right. just R.I.P. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there are so many people in this, uh, and even like little um, little bits. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Little bits, like things that you just see. Like uh, one of the cops is Cornblow or something like that, and he's like one of the first of all. A lot of comedy. Remember, we learned about yeah. scare quotes and air yes. quotes. Yeah. Comedy in this. Uh-huh. He's played by uh, Thomas F. Wilson, the guy that plays Biff oh. in Back to the Future. Okay. And Bill Duke is in this, so this is kind of a uh, predator reunion between Carl Weathers and Bill Duke. He plays the uh, police captain, who is oh, barely sure. in it at all. Yeah. Um, who else is in it? Uh, you pointed out, oh yeah, of course, Coach is in it. Sharon Stone is in this for about 10 seconds. Yep. Um, really for no reason at all. Nope. Um, and she was not really all that big back then, but sure. she was on the rise. So I'm not sure when she accepted the role, but I'm surprised that she took the role. I think she could have done better than this. Yeah. Um, you, you pointed out that uh, Al Leong 
Uh, yes. Chinese American uh, stuntman who's in a ton of things. He's always got the long Fu Manchu, and he was eating candy bars and, uh, and Die, die hard. hard is in this. Yeah. And Devereaux White is in one scene. Devereaux White played Argyle in Die Hard, so another Die Hard reunion. Although, if you look at the release, release schedule, this might have come out before Die Hard. Wait. Argyle, one of like the the terrorists, was he the guy with like the long blonde hair in this that doesn't talk at all? That's sweet. That's sweet that you. That's very post racial of you. No, Argyle's the funky limo driver in uh, Die Hard. Oh my god! Okay, you didn't right. recognize him without aviators on. So he's the guy who like you know. Oh, let me park your car. And he's like, okay, fine. He just peels out, and we never see him again. Again but. with cars. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. he it, it was a bit part, but he was good. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, like I mentioned, Robert Davi's in it. Uh, and, of course, Vanity is in it. Yes. How many Vanity movies have you seen? Uh, is she in Purple Rain? Yeah. Okay. Or No, no, that's Apollonia. Uh, then just this one, I think. Well, how many other... That is Apollonia, you're right, in Purple Rain. Um, I don't when think... When she's in doing Sex Shooter or whatever? I don't um, think I've seen any other Vanity films. What's the one with, it's like... Or films that Vanity is in. It better done. not be No Time to Die. Okay, let, I don't want to talk about Action Jackson. This movie sucks, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about something else. <laughs> Who plays Uncle Jesse on Full House? Because I don't, I'm, I don't know uh, names John anymore. Stamos. John Stamos. Yeah. <sighs> you watch a part of your mind just disappear. Oh. <laughs> it's very... It's very sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, John Stamos and Vanity were in a, a spy send-up called Never Too Young to Die. What? Uh, and Gene Simmons plays the villain of the film, and he's a transsexual, and it is not a sensitive performance. Um, oh, and, my goodness. And it's supposed to be, like, he, he's supposed to... He, I'm he's, sorry, what is this movie called? Never Too... It's called No Time to Die. I mean, it's called Never Too Young to Die. And he plays, um, you know, Jimmy Stargrove or something like that. He's the son of, like, a famous spy. That's kind of implied to be James Bond or a James Bond-esque figure. Oh, and, in fact, okay, they have his father show. Oh, no, Lance Stargrove. And his father is in the film. His father's played by George Lazenby. Now, if you, if you picked Lazenby on your own, bold choice. But I feel like... That's who said yes, right? Right. This probably. is eighty six. Your list of Bonds is. Uh, I think Pierce Brosnan would do it at this point. Do uh, I get? Do I get punched in the movie? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, you haven't been punched yet. But great, hurt acting there. Um, yeah. So that's what we're. That's what we're doing. It's a typical. And you know, we we're going to talk about this in your movie too. A lot different to see cop movies these days, huh? A lot different. Yeah. This is got my got a. This different... is. A, Lenses on, cartoonish. Or something. I don't know. Your aviators. This yeah. is cartoonish, but not cartoonish enough to divorce you. I feel like if I watched, um, if I watched uh, Tango and Cash, it would still be fine. You know, yeah. It's just alone. You know, making Robert Zadar, you know, shoot out of the front of a of a semi window. Um, it's not really. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> they don't. That doesn't resemble real world. They have a cyber truck at the end that uh, Michael J. Pollard gives them. Like it's barely policing. They're just yeah. sort of superheroes. But, mm. yeah, um, seeing uh, Action Jackson <laughs> just knock people around and a lot of the profiling that leads to uh, – leads it breaks in the case. Uh, this is really kind of uh, – oh, well, okay. there's, there's I wonder even, where we got all these ideas about uh, cops and uh, minorities from. There, there, there's even this um, – <laughs> 
line in in the movie when he's talking to the the police chief and um the police chief says something like you know he he's he's been demoted i guess he didn't you know the case he didn't handle well i guess he was he kind of was rough with, on the guy i don't know at least that's implied but whether he actually was or not but he he says he, he, to he Jax, arrested a, a white a white man who was the son of yeah, I know. a powerful industrialist. Yeah, but What's going to happen to I, a black officer? Yeah, okay. But like uh he says to Jackson like you know, you know, we're the cops. We can't we can't um endure any like pe- people thinking about police brutality even if if it's just like if it didn't actually happen or not. We can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, crazy. Um so this uh, this movie, you know, made in Detroit um, mostly black cast. I don't know. The, the writer's probably not black. Um, the director not black. So I don't know. There's missed opportunity to do any racial stuff at all. The most racial they get is that Craig T. Nelson has this. Um, who's the guy in the wire? Who's uh, you know, the Muslim guy, Elijah Muhammad or whatever. He's got the bow tie and he's gonna kill. Stringer Bell or whatever. Yeah, I know. I know he hires this guy who's black and has a mustache like yeah. Jackson. And yes. so he's going to hold this huge party where a bunch of white people are. And he's going to have that guy shoot this guy. And the people are going to mistake him for Action Jackson because... Anyway, it's like, yeah. you have done nothing at this point to show any racial tensions, the way that whites and blacks are interacting in the business and society of Detroit. Yeah, it's completely a non-factor. So this joke is already a lame joke, but it has no weight, basically. Like, mm. that was your plan. Yeah, right, right. Not Dumb plan. Resonance there. I want to mention quickly that um, <laughs> a lot of people are in this for like two seconds. At the very beginning, there's a guy. Uh, he's one of the union guys, and he's got his secretaries hanging out with him late at night. They're mm. working on a thing. Yeah. Uh, that secretary is played by Mary Ellen Trainer. Who was in a couple of the Lethal Weapon movies? Okay. Uh, she was also in Monster Squad. She might have been the mom. Uh, she's somewhere in Die Hard, um, and she was in like Romancing the Stone. And I always wondered why you see her pop up in these tiny roles. She was married to Robert Zemeckis. I finally have my answer. Whoa. That's how you know. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Not really. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all throughout the movie, or at least the first part, all these uh, union guys are getting killed off by. Um, this like rock band group of ninjas. <laughs> it's like Vince Neil and his and his ninjas come yeah, in, right. and they're real tough, and they can throw a butterfly knife mm-hmm. and stab you with it. Uh, and then they're all taken out, just big bang boom uh, at the end. Basically, yeah, there's much. no big fight with them. And I was thinking about it. You know, they're like ninjas, I guess, sort of. They're the invisible men or whatever. Right, right. And we we need to get over. You know, can Batman? I think is he can stab people, right? Sure, why not? Wow. Big Zack Snyder fan. Uh, I don't know. Batman never shoots anybody and he never stabs anybody. He never breaks their skin. But we need to get over, especially now, that punching somebody unconscious is is grievous bodily harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. If Batman did have bat knives and he just stuck somebody to the wall with a sharpened batarang, uh, that would be a lot. You know, little a couple stitches and some an- antiseptic, and you're fine. Uh-huh. But instead, he punches people in the head like 20 times, yeah, definitely I mean, giving point. them brain damage. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we were somebody was the other night was um, can't remember who it was, but I know I've been talking about this for years. Just knock people out. 
Mm-hmm. I don't mean with your fists. With bat- Batman? Shoot blow darts. Oh. Have a little, like, yeah. you know, diluted curare or sure, something sure, like sure. that. Yeah, bat- yeah, yeah. Bat paralysis dart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that he's drugging him, somebody. It's just... horrible. It's like, what's worse? That or, like, boxing them around the ears for half an hour. Right, right. This is how much I don't want to talk about Action Jackson. I was really <laughs> disappointed by this. I'd heard about it for a while. I knew that it wasn't great, but I'd heard that it was a cult movie. And I love Carl Weathers. And it's one of those that... I like Carl Weathers, um, too. It just slipped by you know I, I have a you know famous background where you know i wasn't able to watch uh r-rated movies but i had a right. friend who had a blockbuster card that he got from his parents that was uh, no restrictions and so we you know it wasn't just crap like we worked our way through that's why i saw a lot of the classics you know yeah. as a kid uh, we never picked up action jackson for some reason uh and I'm, i wish i still hadn't picked it up Oh. Want to move on to your movie um i, I was <laughs> it's gonna take gonna a long s- time to talk about i know i was just gonna say i really enjoyed the first part of this movie um i think it started off strong and then it lost its way i don't know how to feel about vanity i don't know Uh, if she worked long enough to get any good every movie she's in hmm. she's she's on drugs in this yeah i know Um, but she's you know flighty and she's like i get in the in barry gordy's last dragon she's like very I want to say virginal, but she's sort of very pure and she's like the good girl or whatever. But she's okay. trying to get a record contract. Every movie she's in, she plays a singer who's trying to get a record contract. Yeah, right. And she doesn't, she's clearly not a great actress, but there's definitely something there. She's a good singer. She's a like, really good singer. Well, I don't know if she's really good. I mean, she's double tracked in this tiny little club yeah. with a lot, a lot of uh, auto tune. Um, okay, well. I'd have to hear, you know, <laughs> just to hear. Prince knows. He took yeah. that to his grave. <laughs> but I don't I don't know how to feel about her. When I see her on something, it's not like, oh, boy, there's vanities in this. Right, right. And and I agree with what you said, too, about, like, like Sharon Stone. Like, I was so surprised when he killed her so early. Like, I just was like, uh, and she's gone. That's that. Um, I wish I liked this more. I I, I wish it was... I wish it was better because it gets so muddy in the middle. Like there's this one point where him and, 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 you know, um, I don't know if we said earlier, but Craig T. Nelson um, frames Jackson for Sharon Stone's murder. We did say that. Uh, Okay. And so then he's kind of like on the Vanity is CTN's mistress. Yes. Yes. And um, they go to this club and they're trying to look for this guy because he's like kind of like the information guy in the neighborhood, I guess. Sure. I don't know what kind of information they're going to get. That wasn't really clear. Yeah. But they go there and... Papadoc. Uh, yeah, Papadoc. Yeah. And like they go there and the guy's dead and... No, 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 no. Tell the story right. He goes there. All right. And they're like, yeah, go over there. And they take him to a room. Yes. He's in there. He opens up a, a bassinet and there's a jar with apparently the guy's balls in it. Yes. Then he gets knocked out. He's chained up one of two, three times he's chained up in the film. And yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, man. A Power Man. A Luke Cage film in the, in the late 80s Luke would have been Cage. perfect. <gasps> he probably read for it or, at some point. Um, that would have been so awesome. Or if they stuck him into one of those Hulk movies <laughs> back oh. in the day. Uh, yeah, and so he's accosted by a ben- United Colors of Benetton gang. Yeah. Who apparently their thing is castration. We're given no reason why. No. We don't even know what Papa Doc did. 
Papa Doc no. is dead and has been castrated, and now it's Carl Weathers' turn. Yes. And Vanity breaks in and is like, he's my brother and he's crazy. And then Carl Weathers is like, hallelujah, I got the holy roller disease or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. there's an okay action scene where he lays them all out. Then they leave the bar. No information was gotten. No. It was completely just a waste of 10 minutes in the movie. And there's yes. other parts where he he rescues Vanity or he picks her up because uh, they're trying to kill her. They go to his place, but there's cops everywhere because Sharon Stone is dead in his bed. Right. Then they go to her place and yes. and she's, you know, her she checks her answering machine and it blows up. <laughs> so they just get in their car and just leave and just go somewhere, go to this hotel. And it, it's just like nothing affects anybody. And the whole time she's like, are we going to do it or what? Were you there when your house blew up? I, know. I mean, I know you're like smacked out, but jeez. I know. I know. So it's just kind of like, what is happening? And like, uh, I did like when uh, the smack dealer, uh, Vanity's trying to score and then Carl busts in and he's fighting the smack dealer and uh, he beats him up a little and then he throws him out the window across yes, an alley into another building. I did like that. There's um, just never, and he's got this reputation. Like we come into the movie, you know, we hear about Action Jackson, but yes. everybody is like House of Wax, W A C K S. They're like Action Jackson, and it isn't like, like you were saying at the end, Craig T. Nelson goads him into a karate fight, and we know yeah. from one scene before he fought an Asian guy that yeah. Craig T. Nelson's really great. Coaches, cook, he can kick ass. Uh huh. Uh, and so he starts to beat the crap out of Action Jackson, our hero. Yeah. And then he like punches Action Jackson's head through a car door or through a window. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't piss me off now. And then he just beats the living piss out of him. And you're like, where's this coming from? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, they pissed him off. Like anger is his spinach. Like they set up earlier in the film. But they didn't, they didn't set, set that up, up earlier in the film. No, they didn't. <laughs> the Rock was in a movie called The Rundown. I've heard of it. Oh, put it on your list. Really? Uh, yes. Good? Okay. Better than this. All right. And he's like, The Rock is a former football player who was injured, can't do it anymore, and now he's working as a part-time thug. Uh, he's working as a loan shark, basically, or a leg breaker for a loan shark, um, in order to get enough money to open uh, his restaurant. And we get this idea that we don't know why, I don't know how, I, I don't know if it was in the NFL or before then, but... He never uses guns. And throughout the movie, he tells people, they're like, get a, get a gun. We just need a gun. He's like, bad things happen when I touch guns. So the whole movie, no guns, right? We get to the end of the movie, the last confrontation. He, long story short, he's in a Brazilian town where the townspeople are helpless. It's a real sam, a seven samurai situation, but mm. one samurai. Mm. And they he's being pinned down by all the mercenaries that Christopher Walken has hired. You wrote it down, right? Yes. And <laughs> and we get this thing where it's like everybody everything's going bad, everybody's gonna die, and he finally he just like picks up two shotguns and he just destroys half the town. He just kills everybody, everything. Wow. And we get that it's like you don't want to see Action yes. Jackson. When you see Action Jackson, it's the last thing you see. But I never got a sense of that. No. All, all the white cops are laughing at Action Jackson, and even the white drug dealers like Action Jackson. <laughs> screw you. I know. So it's like the idea of the legend of Action Jackson. Even if he starts, you know, leveled down, taken down a couple pegs because of 
He was a little too Action Jackson in Action Jackson Zero. Right, right, right. We it's just a bad seen script, and it's just not. Yeah, I did like the um, the cab scene kind of early on in the movie where like one of the um, mercenary guys uh, who works for Dollar Plane like almost hits him and Sharon Stone in the car and then he's chasing after him and he like jumps onto the roof of the car. <laughs> yeah, but this is typical. He's hanging on. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. And then the guy inside is shoots up through the roof 18 times and misses him. And yeah. Just, we've seen this. I guess. He did um, flip over the car. At one yeah, point. I, don't, I have no idea how he did that. No. Uh, he doesn't have a backstory as, you know, he was a tight end or something like that. It's just, he just flip over a car. Yeah. I, I did, <laughs> there's a couple of things I did like, uh, like when, for whatever reason, um, the really big, is his name Mr. Red? His name is Ed. Okay. And so I anyway, think he says, I, I am Mr. He's, Hello, Red. I'm Mr. Red. Yeah. When the, the, who does he work for? He works for Delaplane. But he he's, turns on him for some reason. Yeah, he I think he he matter. works at the we club. No time. For so so vanity. so yeah. Mr. Red and Action Jackson team up to kill all the ninjas. And there's one ninja left. He's got a grenade launcher. They get the grenade launcher away from him. You know, and he's like, Oh, you said you were gonna barbecue me? How do you like your ribs? And then he just, you know, explodes a man. Yes. I mean, they probably could have just taken to jail. But yeah, right. I don't like my ribs attached to each other inside my body. And then it transitions to somebody cooking ribs yeah well, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> and i like I them driving like... the car through the house yeah they, they drove the car that was house. cool that's cool um what i up? i liked the the hairdresser when he goes to see the hairstylist uh, that's another character that was like oh this is a fascinating character we get oh and no she was so good like more of her please yep nope nope we're done i was a little worried because we started to get a lot of like you know homophobic humor that maybe papa doc wasn't dead papa doc was you know made a change and now works in a hair salon. Oh. And there went I, I don't I shudder to think how the movie would have treated with that. There'd be nothing wrong with that. Right, right, right. It might actually be interesting and make that scene make sense. But yeah, she was great. Yeah, no, she was great. Don't see Action Jackson. Let's talk about your movie. Um, so I picked Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia, a Paul Thomas Anderson film from nineteen ninety nine starring Everyone, as a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson films are. At least How long this is this is movie? Boogie Nights. How long is this movie? It's over three hours. Yeah, it's a long, long movie. Man, it's long. It does not need to be this long. It could have been. But there's so many stories. Um... What? What? I have some theories about why this is the way it is, but. Tell me what happens in Magnolia. Oh no, it's my turn again. And yeah, you shouldn't have blown Axe Jackson. <laughs> um, there are a lot of different people and a lot of different stories, and they're kind of interconnected. It's shortcuts, you know, in uh, the, the same four blocks of Los Angeles. Yes, it's just it's Boogie Nights without the porn. It's a little throw a little crash in, although that was four uh, five years later. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's little, it. Though. Little <laughs> little okay. bit of Exodus right. too. You, you I don't have know. Exodus. Um, oh. oh, the the Exodus religious. Eight too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have abdicated your duties as a recapper. <laughs> um, I don't know how else you recap this. It, do, it is like incredibly. Why do you make me? Hard. Why do you make me? Sh- you think about the question that I asked you before we started rolling, and I'll I'll do the recap. This I movie can't. 
present. This movie takes place in the present day in Los Angeles and it involves a bunch of characters who are all connected in some way or all meet each other in some way. Yeah. Love those kind of movies. Um, there is a there is a quiz kid who uh, is pressured by his dad, by, played by that jerk actor whose name I don't remember. Uh, and the kid didn't go on to do anything else. Doesn't matter. Uh, he's on a quiz show uh, hosted by Philip Baker Hall, who um, is who's married to uh, the lady from uh, Melinda. Uh, shoot, from uh, Christmas Story. Yes. And his daughter is played by um, M- Malona. No, we're just going to do... <laughs> we got to go fast. Uh, his daughter uh, is... He's estranged from his daughter. She hates him. Yeah. And she um, abuses drugs. And things aren't great. She runs into John C. Riley, who mm-hmm. is a police officer. Right. And he falls for her, and they go on a date. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? Speaking of quiz shows, uh, Donnie. Uh, Donnie... Uh, what's his name? Gosh, I can't remember. Donnie Smith. Quiz kid Donnie Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William H. Macy is, um, you know, an old... He, he was a quiz kid in the 60s. Yes. Now he works in a stereo store, Alpha Merlina stereo store. Yeah, right, and right. And he gets fired. But he really, he has a... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but he's got a, a thing where he thinks he needs surgery, oral surgery, and he doesn't. Yeah. He goes to a bar to perv on the hot male bartender. Right. Um, Henry Gibson is there. And Henry Gibson is just being Henry Gibson. I think that's the character's name. And they spar intellectually. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, across town, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a hospice nurse at the bedside of Jason Robards, who is dying of cancer. Yes. Jason Robards is married to... uh, uh, Julianne Morris. Julianne Morris. That's it. That's part of my brain. Wow. What? Julianne... (laughs) Don't. Don't make fun of me. Julianne Moore is his trophy wife, his second wife. Yeah. Um, she didn't love him uh, when she married him, but now she does That is because he's dying, which I think is dumb. And um, he was previously married to a woman that's not in this film, but she is the mother of Frank T.J. Mackey, played by Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. who runs a seduce and destroy uh, yeah. company and gives seminars about how to get Tang uh, mm-hmm. for uh, raucous guys. And... All of their lives intersect crazily. How'd I do? Very good. Thank you. And you it did, but it did happen. Right, right. Turn on this film. Oh. <sighs> wow. Um. <laughs> so I'd heard about this film for for many years and heard good things, and I think I this mentioned... is your action, Jackson. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I, I think I mentioned once, probably when we did Boogie Nights, that I. Was with some friends, you know, Michael Bowen. And we, that's the asshole dad. I just remember okay. his name. Sorry, um, I can do names. Sure. Uh, we started watching this film. We did not get very far, and we stopped it. Maybe because it was so long, and we decided we want to do something else. I have no idea. But anyways, I was like, man, I really should go back and see that. And after Boogie Nights, I gotta say, Boogie Nights, really good film in in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think, think Boogie Nights drove him crazy. Maybe. I think Boogie, it, this is, I almost wanted to pair this. Well, first of all, I wanted to pair this with Dr. Zhivago because right. I bought Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago is my white whale. I and know. you go, there's a movie called Moby Dick. Shut up. <laughs> because it's three and a half hours long. It's longer than this. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't seen it. And if we mm-hmm. ever quit the show, it'll be the last movie I watched, I decided. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to punish you for making me watch 
I almost paired this with Southland Tales, a movie I don't want to watch, but I'm full of spite. And that's another movie where Richard Kelly made Donnie Darko, which nobody can shut up about. Yep. And then got high on his own supply or a Josh Trank situation. Mm-hmm. You know, these people get they get high on their own supply. They get lucky making their first film. Sure. Then they make a second film. Yeah. And it is self-indulgent garbage. Mm-hmm. Magnolia. Although Patton Oswalt's in it. <laughs> Briefly, but he is in it. All the movies he's in are good. Why don't you... <laughs> I promise to shut up for at least 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, not a good indicator um, that a film is good, unfortunately. No, I do love you, Patton, but no. Um, wow. Like, where do I even... You got to start somewhere. Where you do have I about even 20 minutes start? Left. Um, <laughs> so John C. Riley is a cop, and he's... He's not a horrible cop, but he's not necessarily a great cop. And he... Um, he's not a horrible cop. That, that, that doesn't really say much. He profiles and impresses well, yeah, okay. a woman all and right. lucks out that there's a dead guy in her closet. All right. All right. All right. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Um, also, he takes the opportunity to turn a, a loud music stop at a lady's apartment into uh, abusing his authority. Yeah, no, you're right. To He's ask not her out. I've changed my mind. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, he he comes to this one lady's apartment and like he's like, you know, your neighbors called, they heard a disturbance and she's he did he just like walk in? Like well, the door's open. The door was open or something take, like that. Yeah, a but use that opportunity. Um and and she she gets mad at him understandably, but he's like What do you want to say about the scene? Cuz people watch this movie. Don't you have to repeat all the scenes? It just it it felt a little bit like it, it felt like he was racial profiling her he was. and like he was being <laughs> yeah. racist and um he he tells her to sit on the couch and he handcuffs her to the couch and yeah he finds a dead guy in her yeah, he didn't like, handcuff Claudia to the couch he didn't even make her sit on the couch no. she was being a little bit more cooperative cooperative but still. she was having an epic panic attack yeah every right. scene that she's in I know, a, I know. A bad cop. He can't tell that somebody is high off their tits on cocaine on on an extended date. He also loses his gun, so he's not... It it wasn't... He dropped it, and then the the kid, the the rapping kid... Yes. By the way, there are three... Two and a half, because we don't even see one's face. There's two black people in this movie. One of them is a loud, you know, black woman who is uh, accessory to a crime. And the other is a rapping kid who sells things on the street. And the lady who interviews Tom Cruise. Well, so that's uh, that's funny. I want to talk about that because I think that she is. We'll talk about Tom Cruise, too. Let's do her first. Uh, I don't I don't know that actress, Um, Mm -hmm. but I thought that she was really good because. She had to play somebody playing somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She was there. I mean, let's let's just brass tacks. She was there for a gotcha interview. She didn't oh, really yeah, want to yeah, hear yeah, yeah, about yeah. seduce and destroy. No, 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 no. But no. she was tried to be polite as possible. She wanted to ease Jimmy into this, and so he's doing all this like, "Ooh, I gotta, I gotta feed the need. I gotta feed the seed." Well, and she like, said, and, "But she's underwear. doing this, yeah." But but she's but she's doing the thing where she's like, "Oh." Stop it. Oh, you're not talking about the interview. And she's kind of wheedling him. And it's That's like, true. This, is, this is good technique. She gets him where she wants him. Yeah. But if he's the named character and on the bill and he's Tom Cruise, she's an aggressor. 
So the three black characters in this movie are all aggressive. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Tom Cruise. Actually, no. Pop quiz, hotshot. Why is this called Magnolia? I have no idea. Except that, like, there... I don't know how many stories there are. How many petals are on a magnolia flower? No. No? No. No? Um, I don't know anything about magnolias. So I don't... I don't know why it's called Magnolia. Why is it called Magnolia? I think it's because Magnolia Boulevard is a main thoroughfare through like Burbank and Valley oh, Village okay. into Sherman Oaks. It's in, it's in the valley, basically. Okay. Um, that's all I can think of. Okay. But that's literally. They never reference PTA, it, which is fine. But yeah, but I mean, like he's he's made a mess. If he what's he gonna call it? Because here's what this movie is. It's misery, misery, misery. Everything turns out okay. It's just like yeah, endless, relentless misery. Everybody is miserable. They all do horrible things to each other. Then frogs fall out of the sky, and it's all fixed. And like, and we have a music video. And everybody gets their <laughs> scene, right? Yes. And it's like I call it, um, God, what curative trauma. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've experienced all this trauma in their life. Yeah. So, it's like the Gilligan coconut amnesia theory, right? If we hit them with a little more trauma, then they'll be fixed. Right. So, girl who uh, is, you know, half, half, she's a sentient pile of cocaine. Yeah. uh, Who was abused by her father. Right. uh, Because, I'll tell you what, he doesn't know if he did anything, but why would he put a gun to his head? He did it. He he totally did it. Yes. So... Yeah, so that person, as long as goofy John C. Riley is going to come in and tell her what to do all the time, I guess it's going to take care of the father absence in her life, but she's fixed? Yeah, I don't and then, think like, she's what's, fixed. What's, what's Frank going to do? Is, Fr- is Frank going to shut down, seduce, and destroy? I have no idea. What is, what's what's um, Julianne Moore going to do with all the money? None of these people's problems are really fixed, but no. we're supposed to, you know. No. How is, he couldn't, um, Donnie couldn't pay for the braces you know, before he got all his teeth smashed out. How's he going to pay for any of this? I have no fucking clue. So it, it's just, it, it's dumb. And the whole framing thing, when it starts off and it's like, sometimes a coincidence is, the great Ricky Jay is in this, as he is in many of uh, PTA's films until he died. Uh, some people got hung and it was like Greenberry Hill and there was a shotgun. This is like, this is, it's, you're taking us like eight minutes to start the film. I know. And then you they know you're the in trouble. The movie too. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll tell you when I saw this in 99, I loved it. Okay. Yep. Cause I was dumb. Well, why <laughs> we do you, all, we all were dumb. Why do you think you, you loved it when you first saw it? Because we all, you know, it's the same reason that the, the they want a Snyder cut is because they're convinced of the genius of Snyder. And mm. when you are convinced of something, this is something that you learn as a critic, not on wood, uh, not to do, but when you fall into really liking something, there's there's nothing that you, they can do that won't um, throw you off, or you'll just par- make it part of your love for them. It's like when you fall in love with, uh, you know, a boy, hmm. and it's like, oh, he plays basketball. You know, I don't know anything about basketball, but I could learn mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Okay. And I think I compared it the other the other night to, um, <laughs> for me, now I question all of PTA's genius because when it comes yeah. down to it, he casts talented actors. But a lot of his films have the same kind of feel to them, the same kind of theme to them. It's all about characters trying to get back something that they've lost or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson's like that, too, isn't he? 
Um, and now I'm looking at all his films and going, are they that good? And the example that I used on you was, you used to love Weezer. And I don't know what the breaking point was, but at some point, maybe it was the Shaker Hymn or maybe it was uh, Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. But at some point you were like, why do I like this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you start kind of going back through everything and it's like, what? See, I like the early stuff. I yes. do. Yeah. Well, the early stuff's good. That was that was Weezer's first movie. Mm-hmm. But the second part of their, oh, actually, this is a bad example because the second their second movie was one of the best albums of the 90s. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the follow-up was Action Jackson. Um, uh, anything uh, else? <laughs> this is, uh, I like uh, Long Hair Tom. This is, uh, I just saw Mission Impossible the other day. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, for some reason, Tom got a wild hair up his ass. To grow it's his hair the 90s. Long. I need a leather bracelet. And I need to grow my hair out. And so we get a little long hair Tom Cruise. Uh, what do you think of Tom Cruise? Um, He's not my favorite, but I think he's an okay actor. Yeah, I think okay. he's decent. I think he is okay. I think he's decent. I had my doubts about him. Mm-hmm. In 1999, I saw this and thought, the prophecy is fulfilled. The best actor I've ever seen. <laughs> In 2020, I watch it and I go, what are you doing? Like, clearly... <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Paul Thomas Anderson is an, is an actor's director or, or what. Like, yeah. one of his first movies, Hard Eight, might be his first movie, is great, and you couldn't have made that movie because it's just people talking without directing actors. Um, Boogie Nights is great, but I think there's a lot of like do whatever you want going on mm. with talented people. Yeah, and then he does that with this, and Tom Cruise is like. <laughs> I know. Uh, and he's acting opposite Jason Robards, who literally died that year, but uh, was dying great. Yeah. But then they'd have a scene where he's like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> it's like Paul Rubens in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow, wow. Mm, uh, <laughs> mm. Um, I mean, I thought, like, I thought there was a lot of... Mm-hmm. I, I thought there was. Well, I'm trying to like. Oh, Felicity, Felicity Huffman's in this too. Um, Where? Oh, she's the the production. Uh, yeah, assistant for the game show. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought there was some good acting in this. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman is good. Yeah. Um, this propelled him. <laughs> We know what happened, but um, it's very sad. But this this was definitely, this propelled him into, because he wasn't just, you know, people watch Boogie Nights and they go, well, that guy was, the guy that plays, uh, what's his name, is great, but mm-hmm. can we do anything with that? And then he was able to just show, in a movie full of people, going wackadoo, you, you how dare you? You tell, I come in here for these drugs, and you, you call me lady, and you, what, what, what? I mean, what happened? I don't know. She's a good actress. She's a really good right? actress. Yes, no, she is. Yeah, but I think she's also the kind of actress that will go. You give her an inch, and she'll take a mile. And nobody she said might be. Stop. pull it back Stop. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you might be right about that. So anyway, um, William H Macy, I think, did a good job on this too. Yeah, he's always um, great, and this but... is probably his addition for Shameless. The whole, he spends the middle of the movie like drunk and he's like, oh, I used to be somebody. I was like, it's like a longer hair. Yeah. There you go. Chicago accent. Um, um, yum, yum. Y- oh, uh, a yeah. couple more. Disappointed. Yeah. Well, it's not pretentious 
we need something more. It's postentious. Um, mm. So what happened at the end? Was it God? What do you, with the frogs falling from the sky? That's what they made it seem like. Well, when you it, so Exodus eight two is the verse about the plague of frogs. You know, this is um, uh, Moses telling Pharaoh that if he doesn't let the people go, there's going to be a plague of frogs and all kinds of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But you spent the whole movie, the beginning of the movie, setting up that coincidence is a crazy thing. Yes. That's true. And also, that is true. you doubled down on it, and by doing that, dug yourself a hole where Ricky Jay's like, if somebody saw this in a movie, they wouldn't even believe it. Although I was asleep, because that was the end. Um, <laughs> so you set up that, like, I don't know, maybe there's a force or power, but we don't see anybody acting. We don't see anything supernatural, necessarily. But, I mean, this isn't like a plane didn't pick up. A billion, billion frogs. frogs and drop it you know, on yeah, LA. you know what I mean. Right. Like, stop flashing Exodus eight two all over. You're you're saying, and I don't. Paul Thomas Anderson is not religious, but I mean, he's clearly just saying somebody stepped in here, right? When yeah. at the, at the fullness of time, right? And then somehow magically everything is okay. Do you like the music video? No, I did not. <laughs> I liked how. Um, so, so, so it was a big deal that Amy Mann cooperated in this movie. Yeah. And at the beginning, she sings the longest ever recorded version of One is the Loneliest Number. Yes. Because everything in this movie is a everybody. montage, which yeah. is not. That's a early PTA thing. So you're like, okay, that's great. And then like halfway through, I think Claudia is listening to an Amy Mann song mm-hmm. uh, at 11, as you do. Yeah. Um, and then there's the music video, but otherwise it's just incidental. There's a dreams can't capture. That's Donnie's theme. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and then there's like this constantly repetitive, constantly accelerating tension theme that comes in the middle of the second act, which is like as we cut from place to place to place. And it's just like there's just no pacing. It's just relentless. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got cancer. Three cancers. There are three cancers. Yep. Creative. Yes. Very creative. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. Where was Cheadle? I don't know. Is he making Hotel Rwanda right now or something? I don't know. Maybe he read the script and he's like, nah, man. <laughs> I, could, I would respect. I already respect him a lot, but. Yeah, I know. I right? would love to think that he just went, nah. But I'm going to pass on that. Five years later. Yes. I will be in Crash. <sighs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Anything else? It just disappointed. Throwing man. good words after bad. Um, in the I script. Mm, will not be watching this again. I can definitively say, ever. Everything. So. Yeah, it's just it's the ultimate. It's he he was mad with power. It's his. Um, well, he wrote it too, didn't you? To say that, um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he did. I mean, he always you know works on the scripts and yeah. I mean, he, he I'm sure he wrote it. I'm okay. not gonna look it up. I don't care. Um, but it's just so you know you've got the captions and ti- and chapter titles. Yeah, because you have to have that. Yep. You can thank Quentin Tarantino for that. Um, oh, everybody had to have those. Um, it's yeah. I, I can't even. Let's say some good stuff. I can't even think of any good stuff. Uh, I can't think of any good stuff. I think I, we already said like the I acting liked, highlights. I liked the 
Yeah. Well, I like that they don't confirm that Philip Baker Hall is a son of a bitch, but he is. Um, he I liked that we could put the, the, the I, it's a little extreme, but I like that we could put the things together that like, you know, Frank, who's, his name's not Frank. I can't remember what it is, but uh, Frank's father, you know, Jason Robards left uh, yeah. and his mother was sick. And so he had to take care of his mother and she died and it did. It's not a transference. What is it? Psychologically, he sort of, you know, began to hate like women or. Oh, right. Right. Because of what his, he had to go through with his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever. It's not like um, the reporter is like, I also have a psych degree and I can tell you that you're. <laughs> You know, once we once we and that interview takes forever. This thing yeah, keeps cutting that, around, like and it's that. supposed to kind of be real time, but it's not. So that interview is like an hour long because we have to keep cutting to other things, and it just would never. What I guess the guys are eating nachos. I, I don't know. There's just isn't. There's not enough material to fill that interview if 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 we're cutting away and not seeing things. Um, but I like the fact that they didn't hit that too hard. But like you kind of get it. Um, I oh, okay. I did like the scene where. Uh, and it's like it's 1999. The internet exists. Does doesn't <laughs> Julianne Moore have a big chunky monitor that's got AOL on it or something? Right, right. But Philip right. Seymour Hoffman, Jason Robards tells him to find you know find my son, and so Philip Seymour Hoffman just knows you know oh Frank Mackey he's the like the seduce and destroy guy. Yeah. So he calls up to get um, delivery of like food. He's like uh, give me some bread, um, peanut butter. You know give me some cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have a Playboy? Yeah, we got Playboy. I right, put one of those in there. What about Hustler? What about, what about Penthouse? I know. He's like, okay, that's it. She's like, do you still want the bread and the cigarettes? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is something that pe- people call up Pink Dot and, you know. Right, right. You know, pad their order because all they really want is the is it's porn. porn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the kind of subtlety that is not, not found much in this film. No. No. I... I go just... go off, Queen. Go off on the pharmacy scene. Do it. Uh, like okay, the she comes in with all these prescriptions for her dying husband, and uh, the pharmacist keeps making all of these horrible, awful, snide. Not even subtle. No, no, they're not subtle at all. And like, you are a freaking pharmacist. You keep your freaking mouth shut. Do you not be judgmental towards people. And, and she and, and you make a phone call. All I have to do is call the doctor's office. Yes, but they made a big show of oh, oh, look at all these, and oh, we're calling right oh, now. Oh boy, yeah. You know? Oh boy, it must have something pretty exciting going on. You could have a real party yeah. with these. Yeah. You know, these two don't mix at all. And, or a great uh, funeral because uh, my husband's dying. I know, I know, and so I understand. Don't you? You don't. Sorry. I understand why she goes off on him. I don't. I don't know why it comes off a little melodramatic in the scene, but um, I understand why she goes off on him. I honestly, I would have gone off on him sooner, probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Philip Seymour uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, superpower is um, is patience. He's patience man in this movie because yeah. he actually just once he so he gets the T.J. Mackey uh, number from an ad in the back of one of these porn magazines, and it's like. You don't got city pages? <laughs> You're free. Sure. Just have them throw city pages in the bag. Right. You're right, set. Right. But anyway, so and there's no other number to call. You know, he just calls the hotline yeah. to order, like, their materials. 
Right. And then he starts talking to the representative. He's like, well, I don't, I don't really know how to help you. And we keep coming back. This is this pays off because we keep coming back to him and they're at new levels in it. You know, and he's mm-hmm. like, this is a really a bad situation. You know, he's got cancer. He's like, oh, my mom had breast cancer. Oh, that's, that's so terrible. Is she okay? Yeah, yeah, she's okay now. It's like, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and he just stays on the phone. Yeah. And gets through to the yeah. next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, except he ruins that by saying, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of like a scene in a movie where you call and a guy says, uh, this person's got cancer. This is that scene. And I think they have those scenes in those movies because it's true. <laughs> Boy, he and uh, Vanity could have had a real great time together. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for making you watch this film again. Yeah, well, never so. again. <laughs> also, I thought, well, we'll, we'll see Southland Tales someday. Um, I find it really hard to believe that Frank Mackey has a Saturn. It's I, totally I know it's, unbelievable. I know it's the 90s, but <laughs> come on. Come on, this guy is like, he he's like, you know, taking new girls home all the time. He's not going to be getting a lot of girls with a, not like that's the only thing the girls look at, but if he's like a really huge Mac. Like he claims that he is. A Mac? What, what, what am I trying to say? <laughs> um, if he's macking on these girls like he says he is, he's going to have like a cool car. He's not going to have a freaking Saturn. <laughs> yeah, he's Mark Morrison. <laughs> um, fun fact, Mark Morrison didn't know how to drive. So when they did that uh, scene with the, with the Lamborghini in the video, they had to like, they went to the airport <laughs> like at 3 a.m. Yeah. And <laughs> just drove around like the frontage roads and he was like weaving all around so they had to like cut it all together. Oh my gosh. Why? He's never got his driver's license. Oh, okay. <laughs> like lived in New York so, like, or something like that? No, he, I don't know. He's from he's from England, isn't he? He's from he's British. Oh, okay. So. Well. Uh the Mac is back, but you gotta pick him up. Um <laughs> That's it. No more talking about that. We'll be talking about uh, movies in the future uh, on this show. Boy, I'm kind of running down here. Um, what, what did the kid get out of this? He was studying weather the whole time. He tells then, his dad he has to be nicer to him. Yeah, but the, but he's in the library. That's his his moment of clarity. I don't know. Look, it doesn't matter. Uh, look, don't let that. We got some great, great films coming up. Don't yeah. let this. We're not going to let this dampen our enthusiasm, and neither should you. So join us soon in the future. We talk about more classic movies for quarantainment. Yes. And like I said, we're going to fix that because it doesn't work anymore. Uh, but until we come back, uh, we're signing off and saying stay healthy and stay safe. Yeah.